Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Good morning, Jesus 911 on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Ruben Nava here, one man car. Um, I'm a, a king car, as we say in police work. Uh, Jesse's not with us today, but uh, we have a, a couple of ride alongs here in my uh, squad car. I've got the brothers, David and Saul <laughs> Espinoza. And, uh, you know, just a quick intro on them. Uh, I met them a few weeks ago. I was at a, a men's conference um, over in Long Beach at a Holy Innocence uh, Church. And, uh, they are with the brothers of St. Dismas, and, and we'll we'll get into that and talk about what that is about. But I was really impressed, and and I don't get impressed easily. But these young brothers, uh, they um, they left some, uh, an impression on me, and I thought, you know, I've got to have them on the radio because we need more young men like this in in our church. And uh, when we started this radio show, well, going on four four years now, um, we were we would. Talk about muscular Christianity, you know, and uh, we wanted to highlight that, highlight and promote that. And these two young brothers uh, epitomize that. So I want to uh, introduce you to David Espinoza and his brother Saul Espinoza. Good to have you on the show, guys. Good to be on. Thank you. Thank you. Much. Yeah, yeah. We're we're surprised uh, when you came when you came to us uh, that you wanted us on, and we were like, okay. I mean. Um, We'll, we'll we'll share whatever we can yeah i mean we, we, i remember when the first show came the the show came on at first and i was just like so you know inspired by the show at first so it's so it's so nice to actually be on yeah well it's good well it's because of your your actions of the, the what you're doing in in the in the church that um caught my attention and um i just i want to uh you know highlight that for our listeners because you know we have a lot of listeners that um you know maybe or older like myself and they've got young, young kids and young, and uh, you could be a role model. And um, I'm hoping that's, that you're, you're cool with that being a a role model because uh, we need more, more men to step up and, and, and you guys know that. And so uh, let just, just start one at a time. Let's uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, David, and then uh, we'll go to Saul. And so just give me, you know, uh, the reader's digest version of that. Um, well, you guys don't even know what Reader's Digest is, huh? <laughs> it was again. <laughs> I'm 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 dating myself, but uh, yeah, it was a little a periodical that came out, uh, and they sent it to us in the mail. Anyway, go ahead and tell us, you know, a short version of your life, David. And how old are you? I'm currently 21. Um, so I, um, so so yeah, we're brothers. So we have a very similar uh, upbringing. You know, we. Uh, our, our dad was not so much into the faith when we were like a lot younger, but when I got to around from seven to nine, uh, that age, that's when my dad started having a major conversion. And so my mom had introduced God to us, you know, growing up, but my dad was really the one who, who, uh, exemplified that for us, you know, how to, um, live that out basically in our day to day life. Now I'm, I'm currently married. I was, I, I got married last July. Um, and now I have a. I currently have a baby, Francesca. Congratulations! I thank you so much. Uh, I love my wife, and my daughter, and they're uh, number one priority in my life. Obviously, after God, but my goal is to bring them to heaven. Um, 
and yeah, that's that's a uh, the quick version. <laughs> All right. So, how old are you, and uh, what's your story? Um, uh, I'm currently 18 years old. Uh, you know, growing up, uh, honestly, the the thing that really um got me really inspired was actually my brother seeing my brother, uh, you know, take the first step towards, you know, um, you know, following my 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 father because I I think since since he was doing it then i was just like since he was like trying to pray the rosary on the knees and you know uh you know really trying to follow his faith then i really tried to i felt like a challenge you know i i felt challenged as a, as a young young boy to uh to to follow him because um i just saw everyone else and they weren't really doing that and and i really looked up to my brother um and uh right now i'm just working with my dad in his painting business and and uh and we're just in the in the brother the same business so that's that's the quick version okay um awesome so you know you're you, i met you well i didn't actually meet your dad but i heard your dad your dad gave a, a talk uh, you know 20 minute um uh testimony and it was um pretty powerful and uh when the last part of the show, I'm going to, I'm going to highlight what it takes to be, what it means to be a Catholic father and how important it is. So when we're done with our, our interview, the the last segment will be on fatherhood. So, uh, yeah, he was, he had a a great story to tell. And uh, like you said, David, he, he wasn't always in the faith, but he came back and he, I guess he got on fire. And I, my question was, was your mother, um, she following the faith, um, during that time when your father wasn't, um, she, she was, um, she also, she had a conversion uh, before my dad. And so she was kind of in the, in a similar situation where, uh, she, she knew about God. She was Catholic by name only. Um, but she, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what age uh, she really had that conversion. It must've been when I was two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, they, they started going to like confirmation classes cause they were going to get married. Right. Okay. Um, so that, so they need to go to confirmation classes and, and also the prayers of my, of my, uh, you know, of my grandma and my, mm-hmm. my great grandpa even. Um, and, um, she, she was really on fire. Uh, and the thing, the thing that really she was focusing on is, is converting her husband, my father. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think, I mean, especially in marriage, um, her, her intercession really is unmatched, right. And because they are one. And so, and so her constant prayers and sacrifices and, and even just dealing with, with the situation, uh, like, uh, my, my dad kind of had, uh, at that time, uh, you know, you know, went went to go drink with his friends or things like that. Um, things that you do before you find faith yeah. in the Catholic church. <laughs> yeah. And so, so my dad, my mom, uh, you know, suffered with things like that. And, and, but she, she bore them, um, and she, she offered them to, to our Lord. And I don't know if there was something you wanted to add. Um, well, it, it was uh, for about like a, a period of like of nine months, actually, um, where I, actually our I guess they sort of separated our, our parents for one for a, like a duration of nine months. And mm. so in that time, you know, my mom, she was sort of like struggling, like her friends were just telling her to go out and just go party, find a new guy. Mm. But they were married in the church. She uh, it was until she went to confession with a, a priest from Mexico that was visiting here, and and she was telling him all you know all her problems and that she feels like just giving up, and he was like, "What are you thinking? <laughs> you should strive and pray day and night for your husband, 
day and night. So from there, she started going daily mass. She wow. she wasn't going out partying. She was staying, you know, trying to take care of us. And um, and um, until one day, my dad actually finally uh, finally converted. Amazing. So, but you know what? Um, you, you guys have talked about your father initially, and and I just wanted to highlight that. You know, studies show that no matter how religious or how devout the mother is, um, the father, if the father follows the faith, uh, there's a chance, there's like a, a you know, 50% greater likelihood that the, the children will also follow the faith. You know, regardless, let's say if, if the father isn't following the faith and the mother is, they only have like a 25% chance of, you know, sticking with the faith and yeah but the father is the this you know the the single most important role model in the you know spiritual in the spiritual realm of things mm-hmm. in the family so um you know uh you, you guys i was i happened to see uh Saul, I, I i saw some uh social media posts that you have uh, that you were involved in some uh, muay thai fighting so you know, I thought that was very, you know, very ma- manly, very masculine that you guys are involved in martial arts. And uh, so tell us how that came about. When did, when did that start? Um, well, uh, in our, well, our grand, my great grandpa, he was a, an, an amateur boxing champion. Wow. And in Mexico. And then also some, two of our uncles were amateur boxers. So we sort of always had that, you know, I guess fighting spirit, but um it wasn't until actually we were listening to to you know Doug Barry yeah and um, Jesse Romero we were, you know he talks about kickboxing and yeah so you know it really inspired us because he was talking about how as men we need to be protectors mm-hmm. defenders and protectors of our family yeah and those who are we're responsible for so um, you know we we went into the sport wanting to just learn how to defend ourselves and others that we're, who we're, we are responsible for and and as men we need to be strong mentally physically mentally and most important spiritually. And all those three things, you know, really, um, you know, make a man. And so we went in, we went into the sport uh, in Muay, Muay Thai and, you know, it just happened to be fun. It was our sport. We just loved it. <laughs> and, um, you, you know, I, I've trained for a couple of fights, but I've, so far I've only done one fight in uh, 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 point sparring. So, but right now I'm actually training for another fight uh, to get a, a belt in, in point sparring. Nice. So, so, so David, um, and you, you two, did you guys start it together or, um, different times? We did, we did. Um, so when, when, when I lived with my parents, uh, we were, we were, we were talking about this a lot, right? Because we would come very inspired from, especially Doug Barry's presentations on defending, protecting the family. Yeah. And we were just, we we're just, um, we're, we really wanted to get on that. We were like, we, we wrestled in things like that. I mean, like we were rough. And we were, we liked to exercise, but we really needed, we liked the skill set to, 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 (laughs) to strike at least. And, um, and so we, it's funny, uh, right across the street, there were uh, two gyms, uh, like Gracie Barra and then uh, Muay Thai gym. Mm. And, and so we were kind of trying to decide where to go to. Um, Yeah, I hear the music. So hold that thought. We're going to pick it up on the other side of the break. We're talking to David and Saul Espinoza. Some young uh, on-fire Catholics, you're going to want to get to know more of their story. Be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. St. Paul, 1 Corinthians 927. Uh, you know, that... That uh, that verse is is inspiring to me because it talks about self control and and the fact that you you're involved in athletics, it you, it gives you that discipline that you that we, that carries over into your spiritual life. Would you guys agree? Yeah, very much so. Um, I, I was I, I forgot to mention that uh, something that that was central um, to to our upbringing and like you know wants you to do, to do things athletic uh, that are athletic uh, was my dad and um, the fact that that he would put us to wrestle, even though we didn't know very much, he would really challenge us. He would, uh, um, like, for example, there were times when we would go out to runs. Uh, I mentioned this in the men's conference. Yes. Yeah. Talk- uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so he, my dad did not, um, he, he was not afraid to, to, uh, let us experience things that were rough. Like, uh, we would go on these runs right uphill, downhill for long distances. And, and me with my tiny legs, but he'd be like, no, look, look, we're going to run at this pace. Do not go behind this line. You know, uh, the, the pace that, we, that we, he was running, he was like, I do not want you to go to one or two steps behind me. Stay here, stay here, stay here. But it was like something that challenged me. It wasn't something that, that brought me down or anything. It was like, I, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And, uh, it was, it, it he, he like, um, he gave me that spirit of competitiveness and in, in a good way. Right. Cause yeah. it was, it was uh, for both of us to grow stronger. And so that's something that, that uh, translates into our relationship. We were very competitive, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my dad also put us to, uh, to do wrestling. So he would put, his, put us in these really uncomfortable positions where he has, imagine, uh, imagine you being like uh, 10 or 11 and a grown man putting his whole body weight on top of you. And you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> he's like, look, what are you going to do? How are you going to get out of this? And so, so it would be so funny. And we'd be tempted to call our mom or whatever, but he's, he's like, Oh, so what you're going to cry. And we'd be like, Oh no, no. Yeah. And so as we grew older and we would just spar with him mm-hmm. uh, and you know, there'd be, there was finally that moment where I just used all my strength and I finally got his back and I got his neck and, nope. you know, and there was, there was, <laughs> I was like, I did it. You know, <laughs> there was um, there's that iron sharpens iron uh, as men, one man sharp as another mentality that we grew up with. Yeah. And we didn't even know it, you know, we didn't, even, it was just uh, natural. And you really grow on perseverance also exactly. because that, that were what I, I, there are times when I, when I want to do something in life and I, and I just like feel like just giving up. But then I remember those times when my, my dad, he would bring us, bring us out to run or, you know, make us do challenging things. And I just remember like, if I really persevere, I can actually do this. I can actually, you know, do you know, uh, be good at this or whatever. And so that spirit of perseverance and discipline, because w- with the with discipline, if we're able to, to make ourselves do these hard things like an exercise and kickboxing, that will translate into the spiritual life because praying is hard. Yeah. It's not easy. Right. It's, and it's what makes a man uh, truly masculine, because mm-hmm. if praying is the hardest thing, then then um, then it if you're, if you're mad enough, you're going to be able to, to, to challenge yourself to do it. Yep. And so that's how it really translates to the spiritual life. Did you two brothers ever like get into it? Like, like really uh, kind of upset at each other and, 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 and wrestle and, and, or maybe in the ring in Muay Thai, do you, 
or or was it always just friendly? Because I know I, I have I had two brothers, and sometimes we'd kind of get into it. But uh, you know, it was after it was over, we you know made up. But did, did that ever happen with you guys? <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, yes and no. Like at at a certain age, um, I, I I guess I guess um, like the age before puberty and the age after puberty, that's when the testosterone really kicks in, right? Yeah. So what? So when I was in that state, uh, he he, you know, like he was younger, right? So so I'll just try to like oh like try to try to get him to wrestle me or whatever he'd be like ah oh. and he he just got a little bit older and then he was right at it and we would <laughs> basically uh to give you a summary if we if we wrestle now it's to the death <laughs> not not literally but <laughs> you know like we'll just keep going and going and going until we submit each other yeah. but it's it's a lot of fun um, I mean honestly before we started training to fight that's when we would actually get really mad at each other yeah exactly but it was until after that we sort of like we're able to control our, our you know our passions but um there were times when we'd be like walking to the gym and we like get into a little a little argument so when we were sparring at the gym we just go a little harder and harder and harder and the coach would be like whoa calm down guys calm down because <laughs> we'd be like chasing each other across the gym uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but definitely the de- uh, just that definitely uh like as you learn more and you spar more it's a lot easier to control yourself like mm-hmm. like we don't really have a problem about yeah. that yeah, right I, now <laughs> people can't see it now but but your little hermanito's uh, a little bit bigger than you now huh uh, david Saul's a little bit b- bigger than you or can you <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah it, yeah I, I think we're having some uh some... I, I will say he has not submit me once yet <laughs> all right um yeah we might be having some uh some uh wi-fi issues going on but uh you guys can hear me still right yes yeah we can uh, hear you okay because you were kind of cutting out for a minute um so you know david what's your biggest inspiration man what you know what, what made you start taking your faith seriously well, um, definitely, I'd have to say it was my dad, because um, uh, especially in the world that we live in now, uh, and especially the young mind is just dissipated. There's no mention of God in the school. Right. There's and there's technology everywhere. I mean, they just the technology, the technology keeps increasing and increasing to where you can't even live your life without picking up your phone after two seconds of not watching it. Mm-hmm. And and um, I'd have to say it was my dad. Um he he really he really showed me what his priorities were, because uh, because he would he would not let us go to sleep unless we prayed the rosary, right? <laughs> there there would be times where I was like like drifting and about to fall asleep, but he's like, hey, wake up, we're praying the rosary. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so he really showed showed uh, showed me what really mattered in life. He, he especially when he started going to the brotherhood, and he started having that rule of life, right? So you know, praying the rosary every day, doing spiritual reading, doing fasting and penance, and he showed me really what it means to be a man and a man in my in my Catholic faith. Yeah. So, how about same question to you? Do you is your inspiration, your your biggest inspiration? I mean, um, for me, if if I was to say my biggest inspiration is actually my brother, I'm gonna be honest because um, wow. I'm mean, obviously my dad. He gave us a good example, and. Um, but it wasn't really until I saw my brother, because obviously we had a, a lot of bad examples in life as well. And it wasn't until I saw that my brother really stepped up his game that uh, I felt challenged because sometimes, you know, obviously, you know, maybe playing video games isn't a sin, but it's not the best use of your time. And so 
there were times when I'd see my brother would be playing video games. I'd be like, come on, come on. And he'd be like, in, instead he would be um, sacrificing it for like Lent or something. And, and that sort of, it, it made me like not wanting to play the video games anymore or not want to do these other activities that are not the best use of my time and instead to pray and to sacrifice. Um, and it's really, um, it's really important because I'll, I guess a lot of older brothers, they don't really see the responsibility they have. It's a really big responsibility as the older brother to give the example, because all these little guys, all the, the younger siblings, obviously they look to the, up to the dad, but if they see that their older brothers aren't listening to the dad mm. and, you know, and he's just being, their father's being talked down to by their older brothers and they're going to follow that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, yeah. You mentioned the, the brotherhood, uh, David, go ahead and tell the, the listeners what, what we're referring to. And, um, I, you know, I think you, we talked off, um, at the conference that it started in Orange County, right? And so tell us about that, how you got involved in the brotherhood and what exactly is it? Yeah. So the, the brotherhood is, uh, obviously it's, it's a men's group and, um, we, we focus mostly on penance. So uh, like our patron is St. Dismas. Mm -hmm. And so uh, a lot of times when I introduce people to the brotherhood, I usually start with St. Dismas because he was, um, he was actually mocking our Lord, right? He was crucified right next to our Lord. He was mocking him, but then he repented right uh, in the middle of that. And um, I, I think we should imitate uh, St. Dismas example in the sense that he realized that he was suffering the same crucifixion as our Lord was suffering, but Christ was innocent and he merited that. And a lot of times as men, um, different times throughout our life, we've merited sin. It's just the truth. And, and um, mm, no. I'm sorry, we, we've merited uh, hell. Uh, and, and we need to be like St. Dismas and first of all, repent of our sin, but then use whatever crosses that are in life and we unite them to the cross of Christ and realize that we've merited hell before. And, and we also uh, bring on other penances upon ourselves. So, um, so we follow St. Dismas' example uh, by not only accepting the things that come in life, but we also add on things, right? And honestly, the things of the brotherhood, I, I tell a lot of people, like, maybe the brotherhood isn't for you, but our rule of life is, the penance that we do is. It's really something that every uh, Catholic should do. It's, it's like the, the bare minimum. Right. It's praying, it's praying the, ro the rosary once a day, at least five decades, right? Um, and it's, uh, it's doing 15 minutes spiritual reading a day It's doing one hour, one holy hour a week. You can split that mm -hmm. up however you want throughout the week. Yeah. It's, um, praying, uh, you know, our, um, our prayer to St. Dismas mm -hmm. and it's fasting once a week and doing a good fast, you know, uh, um, <laughs> not, I mean, uh, especially like recently what the church has recommended fasts that maybe, yeah. uh, a lot of men, <laughs> uh it won't really affect them very much right one what is it one meal and two snacks or something like that right so what you, and like what do you consider a fast or what do you do for, for a fast well well the the minimum is at least one meal but uh we we want to encourage people to eventually hit um not really eating throughout the day mm. um obviously you know if you if for health reasons you can't but uh that's that's i mean that the bare minimum is you know a regular fast but and then you you increase right um, and another thing that we do is we, we abstain from meat on Fridays. And um, if, if I'm missing anything, oh, we, we, we evangelize to our families, right? So everything that we have, our, our rule of life in the brotherhood, we bring it to our families. That's what my, my father did. 
you know, we they pray the rosary every day, but but uh, why don't you do it with your family? Amazing. Yeah, exactly. Why don't you why don't you fast with your family and do all these other things? And you mentioned Fridays, you know, for years, you know, in tradition, we didn't eat meat on Fridays. And then when, you know, the modern church came in, they made they made mint soft. Let's just be honest. You know, it's they made <laughs> they they've created effeminate, effeminate men because uh, they say, okay, well, you don't have to give up meat on Fridays, but the church still calls us to do some penance on Fridays. So why not, why not not eat the meat, you know? And, and I'm a traditional Catholic and, and we'll get into that. I know you go to the traditional Latin mass now. And, uh, so I'm going to, uh, you know, in tradition, we, again, we, we don't eat meat on Fridays. That's what we do, you know? And, and so the fact that you're doing these other things throughout the week, um, you know, and it, it really, when you look at it, it doesn't seem that much, but to the world, that's huge. It, that you're giving up a lot, com- comparatively speaking, to what we're, you know, the uh, what the rest of the church is doing. So, keep it up. Kudos to you. When we come back, Saul, I'm gonna. I got some questions for you, and uh, you're listening to Jesus 911. Got the the brothers from the Brotherhood, Saint Dips Brotherhood. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. We have two uh, ride-alongs in our car today. It's uh, Saul and David Espinoza, some young brothers that uh, I met a few weeks ago at uh, a men's conference at uh, Holy Innocence in Long Beach. And... uh, now, Saul, the the uh, brotherhood that uh, your brother was talking about, the Brotherhood of Saint Dismas, um, I I I knew it to be really a, in in Orange County. I found it to be pretty well attended in in Orange County. But you guys, did you start it over in Long Beach and receive it in in Orange County and then bring it to to Holy Innocence, or how did that happen? So uh, one of our friends, uh, Tony Acosta, he um, he was part of the, the the Brotherhood in Orange and us as well. We were in uh, in Orange County, one of the chapters. And so he came to us and we were part of the Spanish Brotherhood, but he wanted to bring a, a, an English Brotherhood to Long Beach and Holy Innocence, um, especially since the pastor's uh, very orthodox over there. Yeah. And so um, so with him, we us three, we started it over there and right now there's actually a very um good attendance especially of young young catholic men i saw that at the at the conference it was a lot of young guys there so yeah what do you well how many guys do you think you have right now we have uh about 20 but about 15 on average go every week wow great and you have a meeting once a week apparently that's what i i that's what you guys yeah so so every Tuesday at 7 p.m. in uh, the parish hall of, of Holy Innocence in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, if somebody wanted to, to to join, do they have to be a member of, of Holy Innocence? Or can they just, uh, let's say they're a neighboring uh, parish. Can they, can... Uh, anyone could join the, the Brotherhood. Any man, mm-hmm. uh, 18 years and up, okay. could join. Now, Sal, are you, um, uh, I think, well, we, we mentioned, uh, or I talked to you over at the conference, 
I asked you if you were discerning uh, the priesthood because, uh, you know, I, I see, you know, the reverence and piety that you, you display. And uh, so has that, uh, has that crossed your mind? Yeah, the, the priesthood has, has definitely crossed my mind, uh, especially when I was a, a, um, a lot younger. I was, I, I, you know, I tell everyone, every young guy I meet, I meet or young person, I tell them to try to discern as early as they can, because really you, you can't prepare enough, you know? And so uh, when I was younger, I was really looking into the priesthood and um, I think there's a book called to save a thousand souls. And, and I was, you know, just different books in the priesthood. And I'm, well, even currently I'm in altar serving an altar boy at uh, in the traditional Latin mass. And so um you know, I really, really wanted to to become a priest at that point. I had a big desire for it. Um, right now, I, I, the desire sort of faded, and and I, I sort of uh, at at this moment, I, I have a bigger desire to become a, a father. But um, you know, I'm still open to whatever God has for me. I'm still praying Good. for Him to reveal His vocation for me because it, that's really what it is: is that you're always praying, asking God, and and then you just make a step in towards one direction. Um, because you, you can't stay paralyzed forever, just not doing anything. You know, you got to make a step. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like, if you really want to, if you feel like the priesthood is for you, then, you know, they have come and sees at certain at different abbeys. And if you feel like you should join the seminary, then you join. And, that, but the thing is that you don't discern until you become a priest. You don't, you know, it's not until you make those vows that you really, you're, you're always discerning through that process. Yeah. Um, right. Right. God does. You don't, you don't, uh, you don't become a priest on your own, you know, will. I mean, you have to desire it, but, uh, but the Lord is the one who calls you, you know? So, mm-hmm. and uh, I think if you, if you are, if you do something other than what the Lord has for you, it, it it's, you're not going to find the happiness that, uh, you would have found it had you followed the Lord's will for you. So keep, keep, uh, keep discerning, keep, keep an open mind and heart. We need good priests. Uh, but I know, um, uh, you know, once uh, once the, you start dating, it's it becomes real difficult. <laughs> you know, our lower passions take over, and, uh, and so David, tell us about your um, vocation um, and how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I had a similar experience as my brother. Uh, I was I was really looking into um, I was really looking into the priesthood. I was discerning, and I was um, I was seeing if. If like the qualification, I mean, you know, the the things that I thought I was good at, if if um, if, if I could, uh, you know, if if uh, if I had the qualifications of a priest, but I guess no one does until, you know, God's the one who gives you the grace, right? Like Saint John Vianney, uh, he he struggled with schooling, but at the same time, at the same time, he um, he showed like extraordinary knowledge in the things of religion. So I mean, no one knows except for God really what your vocation is. I remember Mother Miriam said something similar to like, I still don't know what my vocation is, you know, but it is your vocation the day you, you take your vows, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, so, so I, what, what I, I took, I took a step. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I was, um, I was discerning the priesthood. And I was also thinking about marriage, especially the talk that father Ripperger gives on courtship and the way the, the proper way to court, right. It's, it should be like without physical contact, right. Because, because physical contact really it actually creates a chemical bond between the two and and it really obscures your your um your 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 intellect right by the emotions that it gives you of, of even even if it's not anything physical even even just um 
the pleasure you get out of talking to someone and them being interested in you, right? Just even intellectually, it could be something that can obscure your um, your your discernment and your intellect. Um, for for me though, the my my wife, um, she was someone who who wanted to follow God, and I thought I thought that um, I thought this was a, a great opportunity to start a family with her because she was someone who who um, really you know she 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 did look up to me and and she wanted to to start being um stronger in her prayer life and things like that she had she had a great desire for for marriage and she had a great desire for god in general but when when i when i told talked to her about these things about father ripperger and the proper way to court the proper way a family should go right head men the the man is the head of the household and other things and we I would share with her the videos of Father Ripperger so I was kind of seeing okay so what is she going to say about it what does she think about it yeah. you know so uh, so I was really I, I was really discerning in that sense that I was seeing would she be a good wife to my children you know yeah and and are, would would this be a relationship that's really gonna it's gonna be both of us bringing each other to heaven you know yeah. So, so, I mean, I saw that in my wife and, and, uh, and I, I married her. I, I took her <laughs> yeah. and, and now, now we have a beautiful baby, Francesca. And so now we're just living out our vocation. That's my first priority before, even before the brotherhood, yeah. but I am bringing the things of the brotherhood to my family, obviously. And we're trying to grow in holiness and to have good children, right? So we can have good vocations, yeah. uh, more good priests and religious and also married people because like Bishop Sheen said, it's a lady, right? It's going to save the church. Yep. We need a lot of good fathers and mothers uh, to, to bring up good sons and daughters. Amen. Who fear God. Yeah. These guys are, are way beyond their, their years. The, you know, um, the way you guys are talking, it's, um, it's refreshing. And, it, you know, if I close my eyes, I, I don't think that I'm talking to an 18-year-old <laughs> one-year-old. <laughs> and so that's, that's, um, that's why I wanted you on the show, because of what you bring and uh you're not ashamed of your faith you you you're, it's, it's you wear it on your sleeve and that's who you are it uh it's you're great great examples and and so that said um how do you deal with people that let's say you you probably still have friends that aren't you know really practicing their faith or maybe not even catholic you know did you just cut them off or are you, are you still, are you still friends with them or uh, what's, what's going on? Saul, you want to start with that question? I mean, um, I, I do have friends that are like, I guess outside the faith, but like, especially like just because of places I go to, like, for example, at the gym, if you want to really, you know, do fights and stuff like that, you got to sort of build relationships with people so that you could become sparring partners and, you know, really grow into in your skill set in Muay Thai. Yeah. And so uh, there are people that I know there who are, are actually, you know, the other day I was uh, talking to this 15 um, year old that goes to the, to, to the gym. He, he's really excited about Muay Thai. And, you know, he was telling me that he, that he was actually a Catholic. And so, but that, um, you know, obviously the, the parents probably don't take him to mass every week or, you know, things like that. And he's actually, he was telling me he really wants to start, you know, coming to confession and things. And it's just like, it's leading by example with people who are outside of the faith, you know, by, you know, not saying bad words, not um, indulging in, in impure topics yeah. and really trying to, to keep, uh, you know, a pure relationship with these people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It remind, reminds me of that saying that says, live your life in such a way that people who don't know God, but they know you will come to know God because of you. 
And uh, so it seems like that's what you're doing, uh, Saul. And um, so going forward, um, what do you see, David, what do you see in the, in in your future, do you, do you want to have a lot of kids? Because you come from a big family, right? Tell us about how big your family is, how many siblings you have. Yeah, um, uh, our family. So we are seven boys and one girl. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny because, um, because um, you know, the, our, our relationship with all, it's like, it's like a bunch of boys. You know, it's like, uh, reminds me of something like from Peter Pan, right? The Lost Boys or whatever, except that we have mom and dad, obviously, yeah. but you know, all, all these guys hanging out, but anyways, um, and you're the oldest, right? I oh, actually, I have an older brother. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, and we're, um, we're okay. So the, the way that we grew up, we were, we were brought up in public school. Mm-hmm. So, so it was only until I went to eighth grade that I did eighth grade school. And that's where I really learned a lot about my faith because the, the program that I was using was Catholic. And, and it it not only did it have religion as a topic, but every religion, every topic talked about God, right? Yeah. So science, so science Mm -hmm. proved it was proving God's existence, right? By how, um, how, how it's possible to have life on earth, you know, and how God made the earth. Yeah. And anyways, um, and so, so what I saw in my family, I really wanted to, I really wanted to do that, but obviously always increase. Right. So, so we, we had the starting grounds, but I want to launch up and, and, you know, make a big family. And I want my, my kids, I want to give them the best of the sacraments. Of, I want to do prayers and penance for them. I want to teach them the faith and I want them to live it out uh, as saints. All right. Hey guys, I want to thank you for coming on the show. You really add a lot of value to this show and um, hopefully we can have you on again. Thank you so much, guys. For <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. All right. Coming up, we'll talk about fatherhood. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. Uh, what a treat to have these uh, these two young men on fire Catholics. And, uh, you know, if uh, some of you who, are, who have children, you know, uh, you, you just... Uh, Pray that uh, you, your boys would come out like that. You, all your kids could come out with the with the faith of these young men, and uh, so what you didn't hear a whole lot about, but you know a little bit, is that that their father was a big inspiration to to these young men. Uh, I heard his story, and we didn't have time to get into his whole story, but you know he he struggled with some uh, some addictions, and um, he overcame that. And you heard that from the prayers of his from his wife. His wife's prayers were powerful, and uh, helped him convert and come back to the faith. Um, so, I guess in this last segment, I, I do want to highlight um, how dads need to be that the spiritual leaders of the of the family. And um, so, it reminds me of a story that I heard back in two thousand. I mean, it was back in two thousand seven. A, a gentleman by the name of Tom Block. He stunned the the uh, the corporate world when he resigned as a chief executive officer of H&R Block. It was a giant tax preparation financial services firm uh, to become a teacher at St. Francis Xavier Middle School in Kansas City, Missouri. You know, his annual salary dropped by 97%. You know, they just don't pay much in uh, Catholic schools. Um, you know, and teachers in general don't don't get um, a big income. But um, 
it's it's an, uh, a vocation that's that's sorely sorely uh, missing. Uh, there's a lot of uh, you know not so good teachers these days that we're hearing about. But uh, but anyway, he he what he gained, what he gave up in the money, he gained uh, something more important to him, which was time with his two sons. So. You know, do most dads share his perspective about uh, about how critical a role of a father is? I, I, I venture to say not. Uh, I would guess that many men put in serious, responsible, creative effort at their jobs, but but end up being pretty passive in the role as fathers. So once they get home, you know, it's their time, right? As they see it, you know, I, I've got to rest. Got to, I got to get caught up on on home and on yard uh, projects, and. Uh, you know, there's, there. Why? Well, you know, for, you know, for those who don't have uh, a strong father figure, you know, it wasn't until 1972 that that uh, we we have we recognized an official annual federal holiday as, as Father's Day. Mother's Day came oh, way back in 1914, but the fathers uh, 1972, and so you know we, we know we get that uh, the commandment, the fourth commandment, is to honor your father and mother. And uh, it's taken right straight from you know the Book of Exodus, and uh, but we have to we have to fulfill that that obligation to honor our, our parents. The commandment's difficult, right? It's di- difficult to fulfill for those of you who did not have a good dad. Some of you who, who don't know your father, who grew up with without any particular individual taking on that role. Others know who their father is, but was not part of their home. And your relationship with him was sporadic because of that. Then uh, there are those who, with with a dad or stepfather, that was in your home, but he didn't fulfill his role as a dad, you know, like a deadbeat dad. He was physically present, but mentally and emotionally absent and indifferent to you. You know, or worse, perhaps you got his attention, and it was mostly negative, so that you ha- you were hard pressed to say whether he actually cared or loved you. And it's difficult to honor such a man. But nevertheless, God commands it so, so you need to do it, even if it's only being thankful and honoring him because God used him to bring you into existence and or provide food and shelter. You know, remember, our, our biological dads are not perfect, um, but our Heavenly Father is perfect. And uh, if our biological dads abandon us, our Heavenly Father will never abandon us. Keep that, keep that in mind. But the command to honor your father is easy for those who had a dad of good character. While you could easily point out his flaws and idiosyncrasies, you also have no doubt to his love and care for you, for it was demonstrated daily in his sacrifices for your benefit. And I looked up to my dad, and I still do. He's still still a a sage. He's still my mentor. And um, I wanted to make him uh, please him. I want to this day. I still want to make him proud of me. And, uh, you know... (laughs) I'm a grown man now, and and but it, I still look to him for his, you know, uh, his advice, his perspective, and um, and just his, you know, at a boy, you know, a pat on the back, and to, to, just to hear from him that that uh, you know I, I'm doing good. Um, but uh, let, let's let's go let's let's talk about what uh, it means to be a, a godly father. You know, um, we have. We have some good we have some good saints in the church that are uh, can help us in that in that area and especially Saint Joseph because he is the uh, he is the one that uh, will will help us uh, 
get to where we want to go and by his example um catholic fathers you know we're uh we're, we could be a little different we should be different we should stand apart now uh, you know being a, a father is a high calling it's serious responsibility and with implications for all eternity you know that god has made you the spiritual leader of the family and by faith you take that role seriously just like job did his son's used to take turns holding feasts in their homes and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. That's from Job 1, 4 and 5. So the spiritual welfare of his children was always on Job's mind and, and heart. So he regularly interceded for them. Uh, I do that with my children daily. I mean, that's uh, in the morning, in the evening, constantly praying for their conversion, comp- praying for them to to follow the faith and not get sidetracked. Um, the spiritual welfare of fathers, I'm sorry, the spiritual welfare of, of one's children Um was always on Job's mind and, and heart, so he regularly interceded for them. Catholic fathers also care deeply about the spiritual welfare of their children, and um, and we regularly pray for them, as I just mentioned, um, asking God to be merciful for them, forgive them, and give them, you know, and uh, keep them in the faith. Uh, the prayer Father Ripperger uh, says all the time, or teaches us fathers to, is is that you ask Lord. Help me to see, you know, help, let's say, your child's name. Let's say Joe. Father, help Joe see him himself the way you see him and help me see him the way you see him. And let nothing that I say or do wherever keep him from uh, um, embracing the Roman Catholic faith. You know, and you say that uh, that prayer for every one of your children. It's a powerful prayer. So when you're seeing, you, you know, the way God's looking at them is, is when they were pure, you know, maybe when they made their first communion or they made their confirmation, you know, uh, where he sees them uh, just uh, in a state of grace and uh, when it's he's it's pleasing to him. So that's how we want to see our children as well. Catholic fathers are determined as Joshua to lead their families in a life of faith and godliness. Uh, they go, they do not go with the flow. Parenting like everyone else does, conforming to the lifestyles, values, and priorities that are common in our culture. And a lot of, there's, a, you know, the Hollywood culture, the music industry, all those those cultures that want to bring our kids down and um, all the social media, we we have to try to draw them away from that. Um, so fathers, their actions have to reflect Joshua's conviction. As Joshua says, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord, Joshua 24 15 uh they catholic fathers don't surrender the spiritual teaching duties to mom or the church they take the lead in and that is god tells them to do as god tells them to do fathers do not uh exasperate your child children instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the lord ephesians 6 verse 4 they want to be men hezekiah describes this way in isaiah 38:19. quote fathers tell your children about your faithfulness, end quote. And they start as early as David started with his son Solomon, who said, when I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and only 
and the only child of my mother, he taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. David says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Proverbs 4, verses 3 to 5. So you're teaching them to fish, you know, um, teaching them to work on a car, teach them to play a sport or fix or build stuff. You know, all that is secondary to teaching them God's saving, you know, word. Um, all those other things, there's nothing wrong with them, but that's not, that's not your first priority as a father. Catholic fathers are uh, not only teach the word of God to their children, they guide and lead their family according to the word of God in a firm but loving way. Uh, he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. First Timothy three four. So, what son not uh, what's uh, what son is not disciplined by his father? Hebrews twelve seven. Most dads would say, "I would die for my children," but are they willing to live for them? Are they willing to sacrifice and provide a household that is conducive to growing in the faith? One of the most important things that a father can do is to love their mother. To, sh- to shower his you know his wife with affection and teach the children that what a loving sacramental marriage looks like this is uh this is going to give the children peace of mind and that their home is a sanctuary a safe place the domestic church um be- because eventually they were gonna you know follow in the path of uh of the vocation of marriage and uh a lot of people a lot of young people uh they they don't want to get married. They're shacking up because they said, I've never seen a good marriage. So you husbands, you've got to, ha- you've got to, you, you can't be arguing in front of your children. Uh, you know, you, you have to be that, uh, the example for, for their, for your children. Anyway, um, you know, all too often in my career, I would roll the domestic violence calls, you know, in East LA where, um, where the women was, you know, a woman was savagely beaten and the children were traumatized. Um, more often than not, excessive alcohol consumption was, was involved. You know, so, you know, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church and delivered himself for a, for her. And it's from Ephesians. Uh, but what a dad does, it, it, when the dad doesn't feel up to the task, he prays and asks God for help and guidance. And he, his, he confesses his weakness. He renews it's renewed by forgiveness, and, uh, and and Jesus gives them the strength to carry on and to, to fulfill his vocation. You fathers have a big responsibility. Don't shy away from it, okay? Your your eternal salvation rests on it. So uh, be the father that you're called to be. Be the husband you're called to be. And you've been listening to Jesus 911. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, stay tuned for Hands-On Apologetics with Gary Mishuda from the Midwest Command Center. I am 107 EOW in the watch.